Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey fam, welcome to Hey Fam. My name is Levins. My name is Angus Truscott. It sure is Angus Truscott. And tonight we're going to be talking about oh. that latest X-Men movie, uh, which is called X-Men and the 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 10th movie they made. What's the, it called again? X-Men Apocalypse. That's, actually, that's a pretty easy X-Men one hold on to your timelines. <laughs> uh, where we're going, there are no solid timelines. So we'll be talking about that later in the episode. Also, mm. uh, we said we would do it last week, but we're going to do it this week. We finished Uncharted 4. Uncharted yeah, Apocalypse. We not, oh, we're just getting too deep. We just deep. ran out of dang time. Yeah, we're getting too dang deep with our cues. <laughs> Josh Guskett sent us Gus- like 20, 20 questions. To not in a bad way, but shit, man. You know amazing. how to ask a cue. It was great. Uh, and um, most recently, uh, a little show aired last night in the States called Preacher, which is based off a comic that I loved at one point in my life. One that we've been looking forward to for two different reasons. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I thought we could begin the episode by talking about Preacher. Great. Well, look, I've got a lot to say, starting with, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, <laughs> so glad. What a great co-host. Great co Well, here's but the thing. Like, you, you pretty much, I reckon I watched maybe 10% of the things that, that you managed to watch. Yeah. Well, look, one time you let the team down. Well, you know, it came out today, didn't it? Yeah, true. And I was at work all day, came home to download it, and I couldn't find it. And normally I get things... Sorry, I'm just uh, dealing with some elephants living above me. Above me. Uh, These mics are real good, man. They wouldn't, they wouldn't pick that up. They don't pick that shit up. I hope they pick that up, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I couldn't find it normally. Like, I even tried buying it off iTunes. I tried to just wanted to watch it on my TV with good sound. Sit down. I did not want to watch it on my laptop, laying in an awkward position with my neck hurting or some stuff. You know, I'm pretty precious. Couldn't find it, so I had to do Old Faithful, uh, the torrent shops. And some of the torrent shops that I used to go to, or still go to, they just don't work sometimes. Yeah, I don't know why. It's almost as if they were doing illegal stuff and now... Look, I, you know what? Call it what you will. Uh, that, that's, a, that's for a different type of podcast, the legal legalese podcast. Couldn't get it. Only got it like 40 minutes before you said you were going to arrive. And I'm like, well, it goes for an hour and six minutes. This isn't going to happen. It's a long episode. And started a few times, tried to airplay it. That wasn't working so well. And by the end, of it, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch it this week. And so yeah, like I came to Angus's house. He was he was in a, in a in a corner, in the fetal position, something with like his that. television flickering. Uh, I only watched it today because you told me to watch it. I just thought it'd be a great idea. <laughs> so preacher is. And I a, thought maybe uh, you had nothing on. I was like, maybe you should watch this. Um, I'm raising a goddamn family, Angus. 
Um, Preacher is a comic written by Garth Ennis, art by Steve Dillon, came out in the 90s through Vertigo. Yep. Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon had been working together on the Hellblazer series. Sure. Uh, we have had many attempts at a Hellblazer TV series. and uh, Keanu movie. Reeves' vehicle uh, called it Constantine, changed his hair black, and I think made him a non-smoker. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> Isn't it's that what they worked. did? I think that was, that was the most recent TV show. And also, Keanu, I'm pretty sure he didn't smoke in that either. Damn. Which is pretty, pretty integral pivotal to, to yeah, his absolutely. character. It's one of those yeah. things. Like it, it shouldn't be a big thing, but it is. And even recently, he's also been rumoured as being part of the, the, the in digestation for a while. Yeah, Justice League Dark, uh, which was, you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro's baby for a while. And then it's just been handled to yeah. somebody else. And who knows? And I think the most recent TV version, whoever played him in that, they liked him enough to keep him around yeah. in the CWDC series popping up. So he'll be in the Flash sometimes That's or yes, yeah, so. stuff like that. But he won't be smoking. So who cares? Um, Just smoking the ratings, though, from what I hear. Uh, so Preacher is, a you know, it's, it's a very long series that's quite zany. Garth Ennis, the writer, is... You know, well, very well. He can craft a great story, but he also has a horrible sense of humor that sometimes can be very successful in his comic books, but other times uh, can just be very over the top. So, when you said other comic books, what are some other Ennis titles that people may have read without realizing that it's been Ennis? Um, well, he has written probably the two definitive versions of The Punisher. Mm-hmm. He bought he brought The Punisher back um, for the Marvel Knights run. After, oh, one of your favorite runs, the well, Max, right? yeah, and the Marvel Max run as well. The Marvel Max run is uh, Garth Ennis with no jokes. So it's very great. It's just all incredible so story. He's a prankster. Great character work, but no jokes. So he's known as a but prankster. When, he's well, he's just he does he, he loves gross out humor. Sure. And um, he like you, you will be reading one of his. It'll be a really great story, and then suddenly something fucking disgusting will happen, right. and it will pull just you out of fan. it a lot. Yeah, he loves doing it. The boys is it was a pretty cool concept about the uh, you know uh, it was basically like a you know a, yet another different take on all of the DC and Marvel superheroes in a dark world where they had there was like a team taken right. to deal with superheroes. Um, um, was but, there like a cyberpunky series he wrote? Probably. He's written a lot of comics. Trans. trans no, no, no. That's Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis. Trans Metropolitan. That's a great, trans- that's a yeah, great, I, I have read great trans- show. Yeah. But uh, for me, I mean, I've spoken about it a lot in the past, but the pre, but Preacher is a comic that should just exist as a comic. I've always thought that. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of Vertigo t- titles, as celebrated as they are, Transmetropolitan is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's. I feel like reading it as that comic is as good as that kind of story is going to get. There's so many different plot points. There's so many, like, you know, when you're writing a comic, you don't have a budget. So you just, you know, you can draw the most insane thing ever and not have to worry about having to spend CG the money. CG or whether the exactly. studio is going to believe it yeah. or whether Practical the audience effects. is on board with you. Yeah, And Preacher does a lot of insane stuff. So basically it's about, you know, to, to, to make it as small as, small as possible, a, a, a small town preacher in the South of America is given the, uh, the voice of God, basically. He can uh, command anyone to do his biddings with his voice. Mm-hmm. But it has uh, different effects whenever he uses it. He uh, is friends with a vampire and he's... Uh, very cool ex-girlfriend um, and it's kind of like a little bit road trippy they get split up for a while there's all different kind of uh, agencies working against him it ends up being a bigger story about religion which you know it, I think Preacher may have inspired dogma um, okay uh, in, a, in its own way I mean certainly I know I know Kevin Smith is a massive Garth Ennis fan 
Uh, so how long did this series last? I feel like it was maybe like around 60 issues. And you smashed and it all? It, yeah, smashed it all. It's, it's, it's a really fun read. It loses its way a few times. And I imagine if you were reading it month to month when it came out, it would have been difficult to follow at some points. Just, just where you're like, what are they doing this now for? Yeah, right. But, uh, as the same artist know, the whole time? Yeah, Steve Dillon. That's um, great. Occasionally it will do kind of like one shots um, based off of different characters you meet in that universe with different artists. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's that same creative team the entire way through. And wasn't cancelled, wrapped up with a good ending? Right. Up with a, you know absolutely he did everything he could yeah, he cool. wanted to do with this series um and the ending is i think really strong uh but yeah it's just one you know, like the perfect example of just like wow comics are the best comics yeah, are sure. insane and i feel like like feel that's like, the medium at its best like it's doing what that medium does best it's doing definitely. far out ideas crazy things and and a very unique voice that, yeah. that is you know just not holding anything back and also and, like the audience like the fact it's like you know something like a vertigo comic like it doesn't have to make multi-billion dollar sales as a no comic. and it like, never does <laughs> it doesn't have to and that's it. it that's not the expectation so you can get as weird and there's not going to be someone breathing down your neck that's it saying I, like I, oh you should bring back uh you know this character because it's such a great villain you know what i mean to, yeah. to make people I mean, buy it I, i'm pretty sure that a lot of uh like like vertigo is still around as an imprint now because of uh the trades that mm. that, that uh titles like preacher and the sandman still i was about to say sandman years like, and years later comes to mind like that's so many people's like my first foray in into Vertigo, Vertigo. Or yeah, into, totally. Like you know, creator-owned character stuff. Yeah. Um. So, uh, AMC announced last year and mm. the year before that Seth, um, Rogan and uh, Evan, Evan Goldberg, Goldberg those yeah. lovable goofs who well, brought you, uh, you know, super bad, Pineapple Express. This is the end. Um, and like you know, they definitely have their own voice, and I know Seth Green has always you know been a vocal fan of of Garth Ennis and especially the Preacher. Um. So people were like, you know, it's in good hands, and I, I guess yeah. If, if it was going to be anyone trying to attempt to do this story justice mm. as a TV show or as a movie, um, it would have to be these two guys. Um, and so, yeah, you've got... It, 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 the first episode aired last night. It's on AMC, the same uh, studio... That, sorry, same uh, network that does The Walking Dead. It's um, now strictly just a, a cable network for bringing, like, a- adult-themed comics to life. Yeah, essentially. but... I mean, like, I... Well, also uh, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, and for sure. of course, lots of stuff that we love. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Walking Dead. I don't. I've I've never been that big of a fan. I love the comic book, and I and I don't understand why they took something that's as exciting as the comic book and just dragged it out as to, to be as boring as possible. As <laughs> it a TV just sounds show. like it was, you know, the, the buck was passed for seasons, wasn't it? It was things with people getting dropped. There's Frank Darabont for a while. Like I've, I've not watched it. So so many people now are probably recoiling. And well, all yeah. I mean, I was on the, I was walking dead podcast and they're awesome dudes. They love the show. One of them also reads the comics. Yeah. Um, Tom. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's the ultimate show that if you stick it through that first season, you're hooked, mm. but there are moments where they're like, come on, give us more, get us, you know, really, really hooked again, which is what they're doing now with the introduction of the cult. Yeah, I didn't cult get into favorite it. Negan. I watched a bit of it and I was like, you know what? I, not for me. Yeah. So the the first episode of Preacher dropped last night. I won't spoil anything because uh, Angus has not watched it, and he's the only person I care about. I don't <laughs> care about spoiling it for anyone else except Angus. Aww, so there will be no gorgeous. spoilers here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's it's set kind of a bit before the the story in the comic starts, sure, which makes sense because you need to get a kind of a bit of a backstory as to who the characters are. So this I is a backstory that's not even addressed in flashbacks via. In I mean, it kind issues. of is. Yeah, sure. it's not. They're not like you know creating a brand new status quo for any character. So nothing was a bombshell or like that's not. No, it's right? it's Ugh. very very faithful to the, to the characters, yep. especially. Um, and and they are definitely setting up the roots for the comics. 
I mean, I feel like when you're adapting a comic, you are allowed to take liberties. I'm not the person that's going to be like, yeah. oh, that was different. That was different. That was blah, I mean, blah, that's blah. one of the, that's why it's called an adaptation. Definitely. It's never called like, you know, and that's why as off as it was, I still think Burton's Batman's awesome. It's yeah. not my favorite Batman, but I still think it's pretty cool thing. interpretation. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You can do stuff like that. But for a comic like this, the most important thing to really nail is tone. Mm-hmm. And this show doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. And it undercuts way too much drama, which was certainly a part of Garth Ennis's comic when I was reading it. There, especially towards the end, there is a dramatic, a lot of dramatic tension between the characters, and and there is, you know, there there are a lot of an emotional core to 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 their friendships and everything that all their decisions. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a light, you know, it's a it's it's a heavy themed, but told with a you know with with a, with a, with a lot of comedy and and a lot of action and and bizarre stuff like that but it kind of it's, it's like a real breeze to read through and this show definitely had flashes of that really fun breezy hilarious action and that you know love the love of the characters was there but there was they just seemed to really drag out a lot of unnecessary drama a lot i mean i, I don't know maybe I don't, it, maybe it wouldn't Maybe your, your average episode won't have this because this was a one hour and five minute long first episode. Which and pilot's like, always a pretty hard... Don't it, do that. I feel like... Yeah, yeah agreed. And uh, unless it's like being made start to finish already or, the you know, it's a self-contained season as opposed to like an ongoing series like Walking Dead where it's the same characters every season unless they die. I find like pilots are quite problematic in the sense that they've made this, this is the show that's given them the green light with probably a lot of, oh, we're going to do this, 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 this. And again, you do have to appease to a certain type of committee, I guess. Mm. I mean, yeah, that's I haven't even seen it, but I just know that pilots are quite problematic to judge an entire series of. I mean, Definitely. how many times have you said the phrase "just get past the first episode"? A hundred times. First on, on season, this podcast, a hundred times. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's just what we tell people, and it's. But yeah. then again, a pilot. Sh- I mean, I, I found the Mad Men pilot to be one of the greatest pilots of all time. Like, it ends with a twist, and you're like, shit. And then that twist is, you know that Don Draper has an affair and has his family. And sorry, that show is eight years old now. And I haven't watched it, dude. You broke the one rule. Yeah. I mean, I broke the me. rule. Well, Hey, maybe, maybe I don't love you the same Shit. way. You know, I'm maybe I'm Don Draper. I'm cheating on you. And this is how I'm telling you But yeah. And there I mean, that's, that's a great self-contained pilot. Uh, there, I'm sure there are others out there. I mean, the Seinfeld pilot, it's a piece of shit, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, uh, side note, when uh, my wife is going into labor, um, the aforementioned family I was talking about. Oh yeah, this is me talking. The about one I make now. you watch Preacher instead of uh, <laughs> um, caring for. It was like in the early stages of labor, you have like the contractions. There's a lot of long gap between them, and, and you and you kind of got to do what you can to take your mind off of them. Or so I'm told. Yeah, I'm a man. I don't know these things. No, uh, and I was Not like, I just bought her for. It was just after Christmas. It was like the third, of, second of January. And I'd bought her the uh, Seinfeld DVD box set, and I was like, "Yeah, let's watch. Let's start watching Seinfeld." By the time you know we get to the end of first season, it'll, the baby will be here. How you great! Love the baby. And I remember we watched the first, like the pilot. We kicked it off, and then I was like, "Yeah, let's not watch any more Seinfeld." <laughs> You're uh, on your own. <laughs> yeah, the Seinfeld when it was the Seinfeld Chronicles, and they're hanging out in a diner which isn't Monks, yeah. and there's no Elaine, and <laughs> it's just a very different show. Very different show. Yeah, skip um, that one. I mean, so look, watch look, it for historicals. You know, whatever. There's enough in the preacher pilot um, that that w- on one hand is is true to the to the comic. I mean, yeah. like I said, that's not important. The tone the tone is true to the comic. That's that's important. But yeah, there's enough there that's that's fun and enough of a hook for me to keep watching. But I mean, I'm I'm curious to see uh, you if you 
you know you haven't read this 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 book before that you don't have a love for the writer or the artist mm. or the or, or or the story at all so I'm, i wonder if uh if you or indeed like you know the greater public that loves the walking dead without reading the comic i wonder if there's enough in this yeah to get you hooked look i'm curious about that too i'm curious whether it's something that you think that we think we should watch and watch in tandem with the audience like we have done before and you know, get that perspective of me, someone who's watching it wholly as a as a as a television viewer, um, and you're watching it as someone who's got this huge knowledge of you know everything which came before it. Could be good. It could be really shitty. But uh, I don't know. I guess I'll wait and watch it. I mean, what did you think about casting? You were down with? Oh that? yeah. So yeah, that, thank you for bringing that up because I completely forgot. So the coolest thing about it. Um, is the cast includes two of my favorite actors from the Marvel TV universe. Well, Dominic West, right? Who Dominic plays, West is Howard Stark. In, Howard Stark and, and Peggy, Peggy Carter. Carter. And, and Captain um, America and then, 1. No, no, that's... um. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Cap yeah, 1. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then um, it's um, Roger Sterling from Mad Men yeah, in Cap right. 2, Winter Soldier, and the other ones. Uh, and then Ruth Negger, who played a... Um, uh, like she basically becomes an inhuman. She's kind of uh, in, in in Agents of Shield. Yeah, sure. And she was my favorite thing about Agents of Shield for a while. Is and she they... the aforementioned cool ex girlfriend? Yes. Cool. Tulip. Um, yeah, they're really good. And then I'm not, I'm not familiar with the guy who plays Cassidy, the Irish vampire, but he uh, he does a pretty great job. He's absolutely larger than life, and you know he he definitely just chews the scenery while he's on 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 mm. on in the front of the camera. Ruth Negger kind of steals the, steals the show as, as Tulip because she's given some very exciting things to do, but even when she's not doing action stuff, she's pretty compelling to watch. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. They pull off a very very uh, strange and funny character in the preacher book um, called Arseface, and um, that's incredible. Arseface is the child of a uh, a police. Um, guy, <laughs> what's the official title of a, a police, police officer? Police officer, police you officer. got it. <laughs> um, and uh, his son is like a pretty much a, a go nowhere, no hope, a kind of guy who tries to commit suicide and shoots himself in through the mouth. Oh shit! And, but but so survives. Face, face. So he has literally a face that looks like an ass. Oh, amazing! Um, and uh, they actually kind of make it work in in, in his episodes. CG, yeah, prosthetics. Um, and it, yeah, it, it works. I, I, I was like, they, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And yeah, they too do. hard. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll have a scar on his face or something. Or no, they, they, they really, really. They, no, no one calls, no one's called him ass face yet. But I'm sure that'll happen soon. And this isn't a guy who's just in like one issue. Like he sticks around. Yeah, yeah, he has like whole issues dedicated just to his story. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, how did you feel with the? I mean, you said that. When it was announced, you thought it was in great hands. The- I thought it was in the best hands it could be. I still cool. kind of just wish comics like this would just stay comics. Okay. In the same way that like, I don't want them to ever make an Uncharted movie. I spoke about this with on the I guess also it's like, you know, these guys are in a position. I mean, it, it's that thing where these guys are, you know, Goldberg and Rogan are, are, you know, proud nerds. And they're probably like, fuck, we love this. I mean, I, I get the idea of, and also, I mean, yeah, it's a fine line between like, you know, something you consider sacred and you don't want people to ruin but there's also this you know what we, we're in a position where we can bring something which we think is great to a wider public and you know you you can google the mona lisa and everyone can see a piece of art and maybe if we trend you know we can make this art in a different format for other people yeah totally. and we love it and we're not just doing it for money like i i, I do get both sides though yeah like i also I, get sides where it's like no don't make that because and the, but most importantly it means scarth annis who wrote this originally and steve dylan who did the art and helped create all the characters they're getting a butt, butt ton of money oh, totally so that's my next question do you know if they're involved in any sense yeah they, they like have they have producer credit well they have that credit which means like yeah. i get money for doing nothing yeah exactly <laughs> and the best credit i mean seriously kids if ever you want to make some some slide dough 
uh, but also get your IMDb pro imp- profile pimped. Uh, EP credit. Yeah, I mean, you executive produced the last three Transformers movies. I'm, I, this is why I live in the mansion that I live in. This is why I live. Uh, I have a theme park and I get malls shut down when I go shopping. Michael Bay, thanks a lot once again. Uh, so, Angus, instead of watching Preacher, yes. uh, you watched a... Uh, well, we didn't instead of, but uh, you watched something I didn't watch on Netflix, Maria Bamford's yeah, new show. Yeah, so Maria Bamford's got a, uh, a new telly show. Well, look, we don't call them that anymore, do we? What do you uh, call them? You know, a 30-minute, uh, a, a you know, streaming TV shows, experience. TV shows, I keep calling them TV shows. Yeah, a TV show. Yeah, let, let's go back to TV. That's fine. That's the HeyFam verdict. Guys, the you know the the hammer has come down, and that's what we're deciding. Yeah, she's uh, co-created a show with Mitch Hurwitz and Pam Brady. Uh, so funny stuff. <laughs> it's <laughs> Hurwitz called- is the Parks and Rec and, and no Arrested Development. Arrested Development, yeah, of course, yeah, do. yeah. And there are huge uh, moments which are very Arrested Development development in it, which is very great. Uh, big fan of Arrested Development. Big fan of Maria Bamford as well. Uh, it's called Lady Dynamite. It's the whole Netflix shebang, meaning it's 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 all there for the taking right now. I think it's twelve episodes. Uh, I watched the first few, and so far we've had uh, cameos from Patton Oswalt. We've also had um, John Mulaney. You know, Great. we've had just a bunch of real good. Com- it seems to be uh, there was you know it's real comic comic jokes. Well, yeah, that. I mean, she's always been a comics comic. Absolutely, and Maria Bamford is one of like the most beloved American comedians. She's I, amazing. I I love her first album. I saw her live when she came out here for Melbourne Comedy Fest years Incredible. ago. But I know that she's had so many close. Like she was meant to be one of the main voices on Bob's Burgers, yeah. for example. And, and this show but, kind of deals with her turmoil and her shitty relationship with stand up in general, right? And how you a lot of like. I, there's been a lot of references so far where characters like there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. Like Patton will be playing a cop, and then in the scene will go stop, 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 and like they walk off. She's like, he's like, don't do stand up in the show. Don't use that as a device to tell a joke. And it's <laughs> it's quite, it's it's very much like watching South Park, or a, it, the, the pace of the show is so fast and so frantic. And while you're laughing at a joke four jokes ago, they're onto one that's seven jokes ahead, and you're just like, it's 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 quite surreal, but it's also got a lot of heart. Um, deals with her mental uh, bipolar quite well. I thought great again, great casting for her parents, great casting for her family, great casting for her friends. It's just a lot of oh, I know them, or oh, they're great, they're excellent. Oh, she's great on Amy Schumer. Or, you know what I mean? It's, sure. Yeah, just just terrific casting. I've, I've admittedly I've only watched three episodes. Each has dealt with something, uh, you know, I guess something that's very show busy. It seems to be her. Yeah, it's you know her relationship with Hollywood also. But she do, she's not afraid to make fun of herself or make fun of, the, you know, being a comic or... But every episode ends with her looking deadpan at the camera and saying, that's Hollywood, baby. Pretty much it. And they're just vomiting. <laughs> it says, put on your 3D glasses now. It's wild. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. Like, it takes a lot to me to physically laugh out loud at something, especially something that's not in company with she's, other people. It's fucked up how funny she is. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you might know her from Tim and Eric even. She's in some great sketches there where she's hosting a cat show and She does have that like, classic middle America talk show host character so goddamn yeah. well. And you, she sometimes has this like horrible high-pitched voice or other times does it. And she was also in season four of Arrest Development as a crack addict who went to uh, rehab with Tobias and they both did the Fantastic Four musical together, <laughs> which was amazing. 
I really need to watch all of that. That sounds completely wonderful. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting is um, so a lot of people found season four hard to swallow in the sense that it really played around with the fact. I mean, it was the first big show on Netflix. It was the first big Netflix. Definitely, like, we're bringing this back. I signed up for Netflix just for, just because of it. Totally. And Herwitz kind of. And then I cancelled after a month. <laughs> Hurwitz did the... Oh! You know, did the... Hey, Netflix! Ow! <laughs> Hot take alert! Uh, yeah, that's why you're losing all your money, Netflix, which is completely based on the fact. It's a lie. Uh, he, he, rather than just kind of... You know, a lot of shows jumped on to Netflix and they stuck to, you know, like Kimmy Schmidt and stuff. It's your classic sitcom. Very easy to syndicate on television if it, it if were, were to ever get picked up. Mm. Uh Arrested Development really, as you all probably know, fucked with the format and were like, here's a 20-minute episode, here's a 50-minute episode, and we're going to tell this one from this person's point of view. And, you know, it went, did a lot of time jumping back and forth. And by about the eighth episode, you're like, oh, it's, I know what this season's about now. And a lot of people, including people, I, I, as a fan of the show, I was like, you know what? I'm glad it's doing something different. I know it's because they couldn't get a lot of actors together at once. But I thought it was just a kind of new, exciting way of telling a story. Um, and then by it reaches kind of this crescendo, and you're like, oh shit! I think it was 13 episodes. Anyway, um, doing press for Lady Dynamite, Hurwitz has said they've actually recut the season, uh, season four into 25 episodes, shorter episodes, shot new scenes, and redid a lot of the Ron Howard voiceover. And they kind of like the well, he's like, and they like the old episodes. What are they going to do with them? Just in case it will ever get picked up for TV, maybe because Fox still has some ownership of it. Because basically crazy. The, the Netflix ones you can get on DVD and Blu-ray, but I think it's been deemed unwatchable on television because like you need to watch them all to get it. It's not, it's so serialized. Yeah. Not attractive for like a, a rich network, you know, to be like, we want to buy that. Oh, but once an audience member finds out, they need to watch 13 yeah, episodes. Because it's insane, isn't it? Because after I, I, you know, tapped out after half watching that, that fourth season mm. of Arrested Development, I then rejoined Netflix for the first season of Daredevil. And now I think... You know, with very, very few few examples, every television show I've watched has been a Netflix exclusive mm. in the last year. Um, and I'm so used to just that no ad break, that that block of, you know, that hour or half hour show, um, that that just being the well, format Well, there's no now. set time. Like maybe an episode, you know, like with Daredevil, an episode could be 48 minutes or 59 minutes and it doesn't, it, it all depends on the script, which I think totally. is excellent. It's I think not it's about, amazing. Yeah. I mean, maybe that now that you've been more, you know, Netflixified by the content, maybe you could visit the rest of development again. Yeah, or maybe I it's like, you know will. what? I mean, I, as someone who liked season four quite a lot and thought um, they did the best they could given that all the actors were so basically unavailable that I am also excited to watch this new cut if it ever is going to be, you know, yeah, totally. released to the public. But it got to the point where I was watching Preacher and um, there are ad breaks. Of course. And I was like, oh yeah, television does this. Yeah, television. how television makes money. <laughs> on top of the subscription fees people pay for cable. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, that is fucked, isn't it? Bring the sickle down, you know, bring the hammer down. What really annoys me is that AMC can do really, really gross violence. Oh, but- Walking Dead. But not oh and and preacher there's some there's some disgusting violence. Also, in you know Breaking Bad in some parts. Yeah, definitely. But they can't fucking swear. It really really annoys me. Oh, that's right. It mutes fuck. it out, doesn't it? It mutes it out. So like, it, it, one, he says there's one fuck in um in preacher. Is that just AMC? Yeah, I know that you're, you're they're allowed to have one muted fuck in every episode. Are you kidding me? Of The Walking Dead, yeah, That's so yeah. crazy. I remember I was overseas and had to with my iPad once, and it was the second to last. It was the Ryan Johnson episode. 
uh, some say the best episode of Breaking Bad, uh, you know, with the standoff in the desert in the, the start. And yep. Just one of the most intense scenes in television ever. And I had, had to acquire it legally having just my iPad. And I, I remember leaving a group of friends and going home to watch it at, at about 5 p.m. Australia, uh, J- Japanese time, which is like 6 p.m. Australian, and then coming back to meet them. But I think I actually heard a hard fuck in it because it was an iTunes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, Hank oh, says, wow. Yeah, yeah. They, fu- they swear. Yeah. Fuck, I was like, fuck oh. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was kind of weird. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, like wow. That classic episode of the IFT. And she goes, I've Ted. Yeah. And, and you're like, like what? <laughs> I've. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make, it's like, just say something else. Don't, I don't know. A muted fuck is so much worse than. Like, say, screw Ted. Like, that's fine. Because Daredevil don't say fuck. They say everything, everything just shy of fuck. Yeah. And actually this gonna, this ties into when we go to talk about X-Men as well. Um, but they say shit and all that kind of thing. And I know this is such a petty thing. Like, who cares about swearing? But it, it's I don't, I don't have a problem that they that they stop short of fuck in Daredevil. Yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, like I don't, I've never read besides the Max line. I've never read anything worse than like ass hat in a Marvel comic. Yeah. So yeah, I, they I don't swear. I think it works. You know, I think. But 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 having the AMC trying to have their cake and eat it too. Well, not really, but. Whatever they're doing, whatever kind of food metaphor you want to put for them muting out of fuck. I don't know. I just rather just didn't do it. It's like having, because saying fuck's pretty enjoyable. It is. And muting it out, it's like, it's like watching someone eat a cake and you're not allowed to have a slice. It's a great metaphor. You know what I mean? I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are two, That one of, them, one of them might be really great and one of them definitely is really great. Preacher and Lady Dynamite. Yeah, that's our recommendations for this week. Hey, if one of us... Well, I'm going to definitely watch um, Preacher, but if you watch Lady Dynamite, let me know and uh, discuss that. I reckon that's a show I'll smash in a day or two. I'm not advocating you uh, download Preacher illegally, but I'm also even less <laughs> advocating you sign up to Foxtel to watch it legally. Yeah, so don't do that. Work it out, guys. Um, also, I watched all of Wolf Creek. Oh, wow. The, yeah, I watched that in a day. Yeah, right. Sick. It was a spooky day. It wasn't a spooky day. I was actually... Uh, I, I'd seen the first film, hadn't seen the second. Uh, it's about getting killed in Australia. My favourite uh, pastime. You know, Quinn Tarantino was a big fan of John Jarrett, I think. Uh, finally got to work with him. Yeah, because he yeah he loved it so much that he wanted to be John Jarrett in, yeah. in Django. <laughs> he, he, he basically played John Jarrett alongside John Jarrett, yeah. which is probably weird for... It was weird for Everyone me to watch. Involved. I can only imagine how weird it was for John. And so it's kind of a continuation of, this seri- of the film series. But uh, it kind of flips the switch. It's all about, well, not flips the switch too much, but it's all about like a girl who survives her, her and American family getting killed, but she, she he misses her or something and her revenge story. And like, she kind of tracks him back across SA, Northern Territory, Perth and stuff, trying to kill him. And it's it, it like, it looks really pretty. It's a basic revenge story. Like it's not going to get any awards for the scripts. Yeah. But, but I, the, I, the CGI on the creek full of wolves is Impeccable. You will believe that a creek will be wolf. <laughs> it should have been the tagline. But I was really pleasantly surprised with it. I thought it was a really solid effort. And, you know, we need a lot of this podcast. Like, we speak about American products so many times because that's Constantly. what's getting made. And it's yeah. great. But it was such a refreshing thing for me to be like, oh, great. This is a, you know, Australian voices, Australian original, story. Right? It's a Stan original. Uh, getting Australian stories, Australian voices, Australian faces. So many famous Australians are in it. Like Gary Sweet's in it for Christ's sake. Shit, really? Sold. Sweetie, but yeah, sold. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Sweetman himself's back there. Sweet cakes, McSweets in there, and it just looked great. I was like, this is awesome. I felt really proud. I was like, yeah, this stuff could stand like head to head with a bunch of stuff that you and I watch. Yeah, Australians will fuck you up, women. Yeah, like <laughs> don't come here. <laughs> but 
make content here and you know standard billing it as season one so i think pending you know how well this goes it could be season two yeah that's though cool. don't want to say what about the ending and what that means okay d- don't, don't spoil it for yeah, me dog. it was it, it was great it looked great cool great right. show thanks guys just by, by the dp who did chopper and a bunch of other like really great looking films and yeah it's just like big big proud feelings all around uh, so that's our little TV update. We're yeah. going to try... I, we, should, we might stick with Preacher over, over the next yeah, few episodes. Yeah, I mean, as long as you want to. I mean, I know I, I'll watch something because I need something to fill the void, which is life. <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't mind if you... Yeah, uh, I'll definitely too. take on some of your voids if you want. Thanks. I'd love a few voids. I'd like some voids to read some comics. Uh, that's my biggest regret Let's move from life. the... Uh, wait, which is... Is the TV... Is, it, is TV the silver screen or is... No, the, the cinema is the silver screen. So what's the we gold screen? The gold screen... There's no such thing Gold yet. glass? I, I know certain people would say it was, <laughs> but no, there's no such thing as gold So is screen. TV the bronze squ- screen? Well, I think it's just like the, the small screen. For this great segue, let's say it is. So we move from the bronze, bronze screen yeah, okay. onto <laughs> the silver screen. And yeah, we'll save the gold screen for video games at the end. Perfect. I yeah, love it. That works uh, great. We went and saw a little indie flick, <laughs> low budget, very few actors, no names. The uh, usual suspects. Yeah, and it was well, no, a, same director. It's a strange. It's a, it's a Romanian name. It's a X-Men. X-Men. Yeah, it's definitely Apocalypse. foreign. Don't know what it'll be called when it gets translated. X-Men Apocalypse came out. It's the so what the the, the third the X-Men movie of this new kind of rebooted trilogy yep. since first. But the class. eighth in total. The eighth in total, if you count the Wolverine movies. What about the Deadpool movie? Does that count? Uh, it's part of the yeah. It's maybe ninth. The ninth. Who knows? Yeah. So but which timeline? Yeah, we don't even know. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the t- smallest problem that I have with this movie. I kind of don't care what I, I kind of like that they hit the reset button and and that decades oh, that's decades mean like two years. <laughs> well, yeah, that's something we're going to talk about. We have got a few things to speak about. Uh, look, so this was what Marvel's been kicking ass. DZ, DZ, DZ's, uh, DZ Death Rays, Great Brizzy Two Piece. <laughs> Uh, they, 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 I'm only, I'm quoting them. They said, look, the Marvel, Marvel guys are kicking ass. I said, what do you think about the DC? And they're like, haven't seen it yet. Heard your podcast. I was like, well, so yeah, look, Marvel's obviously kicking butt. I mean, you, you, Civil War, say no more fam. Daredevil, say no more fam. Or so many say no mores. DC, very problematic. Uh, perhaps. Triggering. Triggering. Very <laughs> triggering for some of us in this room right now. Triggering. Oh, goodness me. But perhaps after a rough start. This will, you know, maybe BVS might just be Iron Man 2 in the greatest scheme of things. Because uh, Man of Steel definitely isn't Iron Man. But that's a, uh, this is a conversation that we that's don't want to do right now. No, not right now. But so DC yeah, problematic. Are, are being shit, Marvel are being great. And uh, The X-Men are just doing their crazy old thing, which they do at Fox. And Fox had the, like, the out of nowhere massive hit that is Deadpool. It's insane to me and so cool that Deadpool made more money it's than awesome. BVS. Yeah, it's amazing. What a victory. Made way more money. Such a... High profiting film and highest, highest grossing R rated film of all time. Wild stuff, which is wild. So, you know, after the success of that and Days of Future Past, which was absolutely massive for the X franchise, got rave reviews. Still, still like one, I think the highest rated one, right? Uh, which, uh, yeah, to my, I went and had a look today at all the ratings for the, the, the previous ones because I know you're a big first class fan. I, I no, I think well, it's, I think it's it pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you thought it was pretty good. I actually no, I'm a massive X Men. You fan. love X Men one. Yeah, first X Men movie I think is like just a great example of a 
of a of how to do a, a superhero movie. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like it's the I, mold for what so for basically what came afterwards. Like without that X Men movie, as problematic as some people might find it now, I, there I'm would very be no Marvel. To, yeah, to, you're to, super to that forgiving. era of it. I don't know. I, I mean, it still like, looks pretty great. It looks all awesome. the, the, the casting's the effects, unbelievable. Yeah, the casting's great, but and I feel like except it's, for Sabretooth, who was like, a wrestler. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. But there's, it's like ninety minutes long. Yeah, it, it just rollicks. It yeah. just you, you at no point does it drag. Whereas the most recent one, the Apocalypse, drags. drags like a motherfucker. Yeah, it's like got a case of the self-importance, uh, not with a C E, but with a T S. I think you know what I mean this time around. And I, I do like the fact that Brian Singer has kind of been rejuvenated by the success of what happened to the franchise which he you know they make fun of the fact he left it in this in a sense when uh you know there's a scene where you see some of the younger mutants leave a session of return of the jedi and there's that oh the second one's always the best saying how good empire was obviously meaning x-men 2 yeah and then uh another character quips oh but where would they be without the original and then uh gene gray says uh, well we can all agree the third one's the worst and, and i was like ouch oh but also the, we're currently watching the third well that's one, which at the same I time say, i was like well that's pretty funny i would say is easily the worst of these three first class days of future past yeah i would say it's probably the the least i've got to see first class again i found hellfire club wasn't brilliant in it Right. And there were some parts of it which I think I've forgotten, which I'm like, if I watch now, I'd be like, you know what? This one's actually, for me, features a hell of a lot more, but, you know. I was going to say, like, here's something from the get-go. The Magneto scene, uh, pulling back fences when his parents are getting pulled away from him, is the fucking Bruce Wayne of his parents getting shot yeah, of the yeah. X-Men universe. Totally. I don't need to see that scene again. I just sat there watching this. I'm like, oh, this is... Ex-. Like, we've had so many different actors do it as well in the flashbacks. They've recreated it in different ways because of all these, like, timelines now or whatever. And I'm like, this is the Waynes getting shot of X-Men. Definitely. We are, don't need that. The, <laughs> the fence is the, is the pearls. Yeah, the fence is the pearls. The rain's the same. Like, it's fucking just around the corner from Crime Alley. It's just, <laughs> and I'm just like, we never need to oh see... Oh, my God. Th- imagine if Crime Alley was revealed to be an Auschwitz. Auschwitz. <laughs> Gotham was Auschwitz. <laughs> it's amazing. It explained the evil. Um, so, I mean, I also, even more, even more than I need to see that again, I also don't need to have an, an hour of a movie where Magneto is trying to decide which side he's on. I don't need to hear yeah. Charles Xavier say, I know there is good in you. Like, it makes sense for first class. I was like, you guys have this argument every 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> It's and what? Like and then anniversary it, of the first time. It's like the they, they have a pact. Hey, in ten years, if we're still not, <laughs> but Magneto is, and like I think Magneto is one of the greatest characters in Marvel comics. I think, uh, yeah, and and one of the greatest portrayals of a comic book character ever, in McKellen. Yeah, in McKellen. In yeah, McKellen. Course, yeah, um, and one who who's you know whose portrayal reflects back into the comics in a really great and natural totally like way. he's a gracious he's always been gracious he's not he's not definitely not flamboyant but he's got that air of authority and you always kind of like even though he's doing fucked up things you kind of always see you 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 see it from his eyes see, a bit more than other villains what i found with this exactly just still getting magneto origins for three films basically yeah he gets used as a tool like i found it weird too just seeing him being used as a puppet in the last few films Definitely. And, and I was like, no, he's got to finally be Magneto. All like, of these movies have just the same themes running through it. Like, every single one of these movies mm. ends with, and that's how they became the X-Men. Yeah. And then you But just, then they reset time again. Fucked. And they're like, but it's funny because that's how First Class ended. But then it was like, Wolverine fucked everything up by coming back in time and setting this new timeline in Days of Future Past. And then it's like, and that's how the X-Men ended. And then this time it's like, no, 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 no. We've got it this time. And that's- now they're the X-Men. So you never actually get to see them. 
we have the X Men exactly, and all we've of these three movies, origin movies. There's three. Or, it's like we've got to get well, look, the, all these rogue agents together and and do this. You know, fight. I'm going to say two bear, origin but, movies because I still find Days of Future Past was it was like Austin Powers. It was great. He went back in time. And there were rules, and Wolverine had to do certain things, and at least we saw it through somebody who wasn't from that time period. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Totally, but it still is him trying to like get a band together, and you kind yeah, of, you, you get everyone else's little origins within that. Yeah, but I, I, I just thought it was different see, though. I, I want to see a group dynamic X Men movie. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think Brian Singer's finally got what he wanted. Now he's got exactly the same lineup as he had in the first X Men movie, might with the additions of Beast and Nightcrawler, mm. a few others, and I'm like, this is probably what he wants, and now the door is open to do the X-Men working but, as a team together. Yeah, but with the same cast, how are they going to jump Well, that's the, let's talk about this. years in the future? Let's talk about this. So the first movie set in 1964 or something? Yeah. Second movie set in 1973, was it? And this one's 1983. Yeah. Fuck, for 20-something years of aging, what is Jennifer Lawrence doing? I mean... Well, no, no, that's, that's... Well, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't need to age because she, she can I know that's a plot morph into whatever she wants. The devices. I know you can say... No, 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 but she, like, her... Her regular form is just like she, she can let you see whatever whatever you sure. want, she wants you to sure, see. Sure, but it is obviously that works. that's fine. That's not the whole. But, but what about someone like Alex Summers, who was in First Class and would have been like you know sixteen? Yeah, and now he is at most twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just found that I was like, are we you not can't put a this? shirt on these characters and expect us to think they're adults now. Yeah, that and like how's Quicksilver aged ten years? But not age ten years at all. Let's talk about what we liked about this movie. We're not going to do. We don't need to do a full recap like we've no. done in the past. Look, I, I, I thought it was super enjoyable. It was, yeah. For all its flaws from the get go, it's fun the whole way through. It's very fun. Brian Singer obviously is very passionate um, about X Men. I know he's spoken out and said like as a gay filmmaker, they're like one of the comic characters he loved because, and you know, that's the beauty with X Men. They are the any any minority group. They are it. They are the allegory for it, and he obviously really cares about the story and oppression and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I found all of those dramatic elements. Whenever et cetera, et cetera, it wasn't being sounded fun, horrible, but I didn't. I don't mean it that way. But you've heard <laughs> it all before. It's Hollywood, baby. All those um really big dramatic beats. Yeah. When that when it, when the movie was not being fun, it was being so heavy handed that I was just rolling my eyes. Yeah. Look, all the nuclear disarm stuff. I was like, come on, look. I'm like, just don't. That was bizarre. Now, now, where all these rockets go? Yeah, I was like, are they going to fall back down? No, they're just in space. Well, I know in Batman vs Superman, they were just firing them at Superman <laughs> in space, to, and yeah, nothing happened. I, I, yeah, I. All right, so let's go through things we like. You were start with characters that we liked, portrayals yep. that we liked. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm very okay with Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. She's great. She's and, made and the role I, her own. She's added to what she's. You know, it's a different Mystique for what we've seen before. And now that she doesn't have Hunger Games, it's clear that they're kind of being like, maybe we should just make this Mystique's X-Men. Yeah, and she was kind of the hero. Uh, she's now, well, she is now a hero uh, from her actions of Days of Future Past, where she blew up in between of um, First Class and Days of Future Past. And, you know, 20th Century Fox aren't stupid and they're latching onto that. And she's great. Yeah, she's great. Great, I, I, great Raven character. And I like All the, the blue characters are great. All the blue, yeah, great Nightcrawler. Great night. No- I thought he was great. Cody he's Australian, Smith. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's fantastic, especially when you see him in his Michael Jackson Thriller jacket. Oh, so good, and, and he, just, his haircut, and he's just his. You know, he he has that that great kind of. He acts like a young person, just like Spider Man acted like a young person yes, in Civil War. So similar. Of all the characters, he actually acts like a teenager. Yeah, and he's got that wide eyed. Well, what is this? Like we're kind of seeing the movie in a way through his eyes when definitely you know, and just. I really like they were quite true to his character, like the whole Catholicism 
stuff. There was a lot of, you know, he was doing the father-son Holy Ghost stuff and stuff that we haven't really seen of his he's such before. An, he's such a great innocent character and it was, you know, great seeing... Um, we are going to spoil this movie. Oh, yeah, we're going to spoil We're assuming you've seen it. It's a comic movie. It's and a day one. And you should go see it. Like, it's not... It's it's trash, but it's very, very fun Look, trash. it's not Last Stand at all. No, it's like a... Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, but that said, I feel like it, if you are a massive X-Men fan, you will hate this as much as you hated Last Stand. Yeah, I mean, there's some... It's it's interesting. It's kind of like if you're a fan of the X Men, like the X Men film franchise is now such a different beast to whatever X Men is now. Yeah, if you have, how is X Men now in the comics? Oh, it's un- unreadable. <laughs> yeah, and they just don't give a shit. I don't know. They're, they're, they're trying new stuff. I mean, Wolverine, I know Wolverine's dead, dead and... which is like you can't kill Wolverine. No, no, they, I mean, you can kill anyone. They, they will bring him back at someone. No one's ever dead forever. Um, but. The the main thing is they've brought back the original team of mutants from the past. And oh I yeah, thought that was going to be that like was for through one the story. Whole... Who Bendis, wrote that? Bendis's Bendis is all but new they're X-Men. still around and they're still at their own team. So, so they've got like young Scott, time displaced, uh, young um, Jane, X-Men. yeah, young. Isn't like one of the aren't some of them in the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff now? Yeah, and... it's crazy. It's bizarre. <laughs> Kitty Pryde's in Guardians. She's Star Lord, right? She was for a while. Yeah, I don't know what. I, I don't pay attention to anything that Bendis has, has his hand in. Amazing. I just had to start reading though his um, the first issue of Civil War two, which he wrote. How's that? A mess. Really? <laughs> a goddamn mess. Yeah. Um, Are they only doing this listen- because of the film? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there, he definitely has his own story to tell with it. But um, yeah, probably. Uh, of course, I, but they would call it something else. So yeah, if you want to hear my uh, my my hot thoughts, take? my hot takes on uh, on on Marvel comics and uh, comics in general, serious issues, serious baby, issues on that iTunes store. Download those those pods. So sorry, yeah, things we like. So yeah, oh, and also loved his costume at the end of the film was the goddamn Nightcrawler costume. Absolutely. The classic and, Nightcrawler. And, and finally, we got to see a Cyclops costume too, which was awesome. For it, years. It of was these the Jim Lee nineties. Cyclops costume. Yeah. It was the blue with a yellow thing going down the side. It was just awesome. Yeah. Um, I like Scott in this. I like too that we saw it through his eyes. Uh, yeah, I kind of... Well, I, we didn't because he was, he was always keeping them closed. True. I still thought he was a fucking chump. I mean, Cyclops is a chump, but I don't know. I, I kind of... He was an angry... But he had a reason I found in this. I think his reason was justified in this. In the other X-Men films, he's just a chump. But in this, he was a kid that kind of freaked out, got powers literally in the middle of I loved of that scene. That was, that was an that excellent was awesome. scene. His, I actually, I, I loved the first 20 minutes to half an hour. Yeah, I thought and, it was but, great. And then when, when it starts to fall apart, you're like, oh boy, no. Look, I'm going to... No, save for when I knew it was falling apart for me when we get there. I, look, I like Scott in this. I thought he was... Uh, Gene, wasn't that crash hot on? I hated Gene. We can get to her later. Um, uh, I, I, lo- I still like... I still like Eric and uh, Professor X. I still think no. I, they, they, both, they both completely lost it for me. This, this really? Is their, well, I'll talk about why. Yeah, okay. Um, I loved Hank. Um, Hank's great. It's so good. And he was someone who actually did look like they'd aged a bit. I thought like he was, looked like an adult and definitely was big. And yeah, I really liked. Uh, yeah, Hank was great. And he's he's just he's one of the great characters as well. He's one of the, a, he's he's my favorite X Men. He's so, such a beautiful X-Men. guy. Like he's such a beautiful dude. The best. Um, and uh, Quicksilver scene. I was going to say Quicksilver. This, that, that was like I, I tweeted was, immediately afterwards. Can the next X Men movie just be ninety minutes yeah. of Quicksilver moving different characters out of the way of explosions? I mean, if you you know, it's just obviously it's that classic case of uh, sequel drama. If you love that scene in the Pentagon in uh, Days of Future yeah, they were like, oh, that was the best scene in that movie. Why don't we make it the best scene in this movie too? And they have, yeah, and it's uh, great. It's, it's like set to sweet a dreams. three and a half minute long sequence of him rescuing 40 plus people from a mansion that's about to explode in about two seconds. And his entrance with the Twinkie and the... Like, 
Have you seen all the product placement Peter, he's done as well? Yeah, it's I saw insane. a great internet one he did for internet speeds, uh, oh Wi-Fi speeds somewhere, which is he did really one great. for like like different burgers and like, all kinds of shit. He's the he? best thing about the new uh, new X Men, easily. Evan Peters. It's so crazy how good he is as this character. Because how much we've said this, how much did he stink in Age of Ultron? Quicksilver and Age yeah. of Ultron. Yeah, he was woeful. It was like he stunk. Rubbish. And I remember when you know it was leaked or no, when it was not leaked when re- reported, but. Oh, there's been some uh, landmark case where both Fox and Marvel get to use the character of Quicksilver. And it's funny because, you know, parts of Quicksilver and Age of Ultron are very true to the comics and parts of them are true to the Fox. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. Quicksilver being that Magneto's his father. Sure. Completely different, obviously, to how that's learned or how that's done in the comics, but. The fact remains that at least he is a mutant and he has that relation to his father. Definitely. Um, I just think, yeah, I mean, like, I, I know it's it's a very hammy, cheesy scene that they're clearly just doing because it works so well in Days of Future Past. But, like, I loved every second of that. I just had a big grin on my face. And, you, you know, all you gotta do is set it to a song. Because what was it before? Sounds of Silence? Was that what it was? Yeah, in, yeah I can't remember. It, it was like a, uh, yeah, it was maybe a Simon and Garfunkel song or something, I think, in Days of Future Past. All you could do is get a song of that era. Have have it play out while he just moves people around and items and yeah like next yeah. movie just start it in like nineteen when when was the first piece of recorded music <sighs> wrong podcast just go, let's go back to uh, I don't know like sixteenth uh, century yeah put on I don't when when's Bach <laughs> oh, look when was again. when was he when was he recording uh, digital albums I think for, like for for the Beatles when, when was he exclusive to title it was uh before just before Kirk Cobain died. Um, yeah, just set it back to then, and every year he just—it's just him running to a different song from that year. Yeah, just have just like a like a ten-hour movie. Well, the good news is he's now on the X team. Yes, which is awesome. And the next film has been confirmed to be set in the nineties. Right. So what's it going to be? 
I don't know. Just I just make boom, it all, shake all, the room. Make it. Oh yeah! Wow, pick the song. Yeah, Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe would be great. Um, Three Little Pigs, <laughs> Green Jelly. Like Green Jelly, that'd be amazing. That'd be huge. Uh, yeah, man. I, uh, Detachable penis. <laughs> Get some adamantium claws in there, cutting off dicks as well. Um, I liked the gratuitous Wolverine scene. I thought it was great. Yeah. I wish it wasn't shown in a trailer. Yes, totally. Because and it was awesome. Weapon X Wolverine, like. Berserk Wolverine, yeah, Berserker talk. mode, yeah, yeah. Having that shit on his head, like pictures, like. Although <laughs> I loved it until he said goodbye and then hobbled ran. back into the woods. Like it looked so stupid. Yeah, his little he should have bounded, but instead he like kind of trotted off on. Yeah, legs. it was a weird little. It was like, yeah. fuck, it's cold, fuck, it's cold, fuck, it's cold. Like, like that they, was... they get beasts movement right, but they can't get. They couldn't. They didn't get Wolverines like just general walking. Right yeah, in this movie. I mean, we could have him. You know, I'm sure you could say like, oh, you know, he had his memories back and he was startled. But I love the long hair. Like that to me, when I saw him, like I remember when I'd walk into comic shops as like a six or seven year old and they'd have great big posters of like Weapon X because it was like late 80s, early 90s comics. And it was like really stylized, like long mane of hair, Wolverine, all this like medical gear attached to him, like his head with straps on it and stuff. And we finally saw it. Mm. It was sick. Like seeing him run out and take out 30 guys in two minutes. And then... In a good way too, where you didn't see a lot. It was kind of implied and you saw stuff through security footage. Like, yeah. that's Wolverine. It was like, great. Fuck yeah. I, that's sick. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. And then you had that nice connection between her and Jean, him and Jean. That yeah. Was nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, that was a nice little moment. Um, and I forgot, while well, we're back to Quicksilver, my favorite line in the whole movie is when they're all in the holding bay with the power yeah. dampeners. And he's there with them. And he's there. And, they'll, they, um, and Apocalypse, Apocalypse makes... Um, Xavier broadcasts that message to the whole world. Yeah. And then, um, what's his name? Stryker goes like, um, that was Charles Xavier's voice. Where is he? And they all go, we don't know. And then Quicksilver goes, we don't know, bro. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everyone laughed when I saw I that. I died too. laughing. That was the fucking funniest thing. Everyone cracked ever. up when I saw it. it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I hope he ad-libbed that. Like, he's just such a, he's like, he gets a character. Was so good. yeah, but the thing is, Quicksilver's not really like that in the. Oh, comics. he's nothing, and this is he just... gets this version of the character oh, it's, it's, very yeah, well. Yeah, no, I mean, like he gets, yeah, he gets this character. No, he's nothing like that at all. He's kind of like, Smarmy. truth be told, he's kind of a bit more like the Age of Ultron. Yeah, just, but yeah, in this he's great. He's just like a chill bro That's who so plays great. video games and lives at home with his mom. And in this he's like, I'm a loser. I live with my mom who says that I'm just playing Pac-Man when he's clearly playing Ms. Pac-Man. Pac-Man. What the fuck? Yeah, that was Fox a bit weird. Fucked up. Um, they did. Yeah, uh, who, what other music? I, I, I thought of the Horsemen, they were all pretty shit except Storm. I liked, it made sense for her to be in Cairo. I thought they kind of yep. worked quite well. Yep. For the actor awesome playing portrayal. her was great. Yeah. Uh, you know. And, and one of the few great costumes of, of, the, of the most I thought at the least Silox actually looked like. No, fuck costume. that though. That made no sense. That was so, like I get that like that's a classic, you know, boys love to just jizz all mm. over that costume. But that, that was one of... I hated so much that he fucking apocalypse like three D prints uh, entire. Well, body let's talk about covering. apocalypse. Like, well, no, we're still out things we like. We can, we can go back to things we like. Let's. Do, yeah, I mean, like, I hated that he, he he printed out these massive costumes for all the other characters, but then Psylocke just gets like this, you know, ratty yeah. little thing that just because that's what the fans demand. I don't. know. I thought that was lame. Well, look. I mean, Psylocke in general got she got the shortest end of the stick out of anyone in the movie. She didn't really do anything except stand there and yeah, look sexy. It was crap. And she's um, such a good character. She wasn't even fucking British. Yeah. Do you think they'll retcon again another timeline with correct Psylocke? I don't know. Maybe. I she mean, was- I did like the sword. It was cool to see that finally. Like yeah. The pipe, I mean, of the- course that was going to look cool. Yeah. That's it, man. I, straight off the bat, the worst thing about this movie was shit CGI. 
Yeah. This yeah. Is some the, of the all the Egypt stuff and blue screen stuff. While. Oh, yo. I loved the uh, opening sequence of Apocalypse then. One thing I was going to say, one thing that I really liked about this X-Men was it wasn't the USA or whatever. It was like seeing ancient stuff and just that to me, I was like, oh, that's exciting. We haven't seen this in an X-Men movie before. Like, and seeing that gold stuff and the stuff where they were doing the ceremony go through the bodies. Like, yeah, and then that was a cool opening for the film. I was like, this is different. It's not Nightcrawler an battling mission. Angel in Berlin. I yeah, I cool. mean, we've seen cage fighting in X-Men before and I was a bit worried of like a retread of that, but that was good. I it was that. cool. The fact it was humans capturing mutants, basically. And making them fight. I mean, I had no idea what they were doing when they went and got the photo taken at, what's his name? The guy with the weird eyes where Psylocke was. Uh, Calabac. Cal- yeah, Calabac? Like that was not explained yeah. at all. It's and Cal- someone else Caliban? with... Calaban? Calaban, yeah. Is that a character from the comics? Yeah, he... Um, he, ha- he I feel like in, the, in Apocalypse, of Age of Apocalypse, he was like... Uh, he kind of... If Apocalypse needed to find a particular mutant, he, Caliban would, would find that mutant. So that made no like sense. Like, like why like Apocalypse's dog? No, it kind of made sense. It was no, but I mean, why was Jennifer? Why was Mystique there getting Nightcrawler's photo taken? I don't know. Like, I needed a passport photo, right? But why would they go I there? I don't know. Like, I was like that. I went with Tech Guru Steve, and it was just kind of like <laughs> we both do. I like. I'm like, man, I read comics, and I'm not. And Steve sure. gets tech. Yeah, I'm like, we don't know why that's happening. Like, wouldn't you take them somewhere where there weren't mutants hanging out? <laughs> uh, yeah, for the I thought the opening was cool as well. Good to see something different and not featuring the classic characters. <laughs> When did the movie um, get off go off the rails for you? Look, it really got off the. It didn't get off the rails completely for me ever, but it was probably that third act, especially with the, you know, the big old CG battle. But the things that I the thing I didn't like was the moment where I was like, oh, it just looks a bit weird and a bit silly, and this is very Last Stand vibes. Was when uh, Apocalypse was kind of standing there with his four horsemen, and they just captured Professor X and the four horsemen were just standing on rocks, basically flexing, not yeah. saying anything while everyone was talking. And I was like, oh, this just looks like Power Rangers. Oh, this just looks, you know what I mean? Like it was just them, st- like it probably looked great in a production art or a production still. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there'll be this scene and it looks there and it's kind of like biblical and stuff, but it just didn't translate well on screen. I found it was just people standing awkwardly while also Apocalypse just kind of walked around slowly and touched people for the whole movie. Yeah, and I was just like, his powers were were confusing at best. Yeah, what did he do? He could manipulate brick walls and and make things crumble and, and make. But like, he's supposed put, to be the first mutant. Like, he's supposed to be this ever powerful. Yeah, and he didn't get really big like he normally does. No, only inside the mind of Xavier. Yeah, I I kind of like that. I liked we saw a psychic battle. Like, yeah, it was portrayed. clumsily done though. I thought it had to be all or nothing, either all psychic or all physical. I thought I think like if you're going to do that, do that earlier in the movie. And well, it's and been done better, like in Order of the Phoenix, or you know when you see Voldemort and Harry's mind. Like I thought it has. Right. There, there are better ways of doing it. Yeah, sure. And I was having flashes of that where I was like, oh, cool, this is reminding me of yeah. you know. But when, like, don't don't do it as a, at the same time as another battle. I thought it was, it was just it was a bit hard and yeah. like slow and weird. Um, Ap- Apocalypse wasn't brilliant. And it was just such a waste of Oscar Isaac's. Yeah, Oscar Isaac is an amazing actor and he was under all that stupid, silly makeup, which is fine because now when people watch episode eight, they won't be reminded of Apocalypse at all. It was like everything bad about the worst Marvel villains that we've seen in cinema and they just kind of like just made it as big as possible. Yeah, and the thing with X-Men, normally X-Men villains are people who don't want mutants. And we didn't get that this time, really. So it was a bit of a different villain, which I was like, okay, good, good thing you're trying. It was the first time they fought really another mutant besides Magneto. Um, 
I didn't mind like the Magneto trying to live a normal life stuff. Yeah, but and- until it was so heavy handed when he's, you know, when the the police accidentally fired an arrow yeah. into both his daughter and his wife at once. Yeah, and then he's like. His overacting when they died, I, 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 I was like, that was like the worst acting I've ever seen Fassbender do. Fassbender is That's a it, fine I, I, actor. I loved it when then he picked, he used his, uh, his um, daughter's locket to yeah. take out all the when police. When he used the locket to just tick, and then, take but then when he yelled, "Is this what you want from me?" That was corny. That as was heck. so bad. And then, but then I would say the worst actor in this is McAvoy. Um, really? Yeah, the part where he's like, "Get out." Get old. Yeah. It was so bad. Rose Byrne was a shoehorn as well. Why was she in this? Just a shoehorn. Wasn't I was, she? That was when I was like, oh no. When I when I, I could re- when I realized it was her. It made me realize they really are thinking people. And maybe it's true. Maybe I'm just not the dumb way, But we're like people. They're really thinking first class is a real classic. Like a lot of throwbacks to it. Like with Alex Summers and stuff and stuff that like was not mentioned in Days no, of Future I think they Past. just wanted to have a, you know, a neat end to this trilogy, I guess. Yeah, but it's also like, I was like, why? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it is a pretty big thing to kind of not mention that he wiped her brain and then what happened. And mm. Moira, Moira McTaggart is a big a big character for Giles in the comics. Yeah, as well, totally. So, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I, I thought her involvement was strange. Um, like she was just kind of Indiana Jonesing and Cairo. Yeah, bizarre. Yeah, for the CIA, buddy. Oh, you know what those classic you know CIA, CIA missions we got to make sure it belongs in a museum. Um, yeah, I, I, it really dragged. The length is, was was one of the worst things about the movie too. Like you're right, the CG just like even Xavier's school just looked yeah like a pile of rap Minecraft. Absolutely, bricks. it looked like yeah, exactly. It I was like, like hang on, they got this right in the early 2000s when they had a physical set. Well, Why didn't they make one for this? I don't understand. It just looks so different. I mean, I understand now. Yeah, I know it's been destroyed or whatever. Well, exactly. I mean, what's the point of making a fucking mansion if, if yeah. it's ever going to get destroyed? But you know, uh, I keep. Uh, yeah, it was cool to see Jubilee looking like Jubilee. I wish. Yeah, it, but what the what the fuck was the point of her even well, being in? I was about this? to say, I wish she just had like a bigger role. Hopefully, has a bigger role. There was a stack of fan service in this, but it was it wasn't like I don't know. I feel like when Marvel do it, they're like, "Hey, fans, look at this!" Yeah, woo! But this is but, like, but this is like the, set the, dressing. But just yeah, exactly. It's just kind of in the background. Hey, do you remember? Did you notice that? Oh fuck, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I just found it. What was the whole point of Hank kind of talking about the? Is it the blue jet? The blue. I think it was just to set up that there was something that could explode in there. Yeah, that was it. Like it was a huge big conversation, and then they don't even get to use the classic, you know, X Men shit, the Quinjet, and then they end up just stealing. What's it called? called It's a blue bird, blue bird or blue jet or something. And then they just end up using Striker's one with generic black black X Men suits, which was like. They try to get away from in first class. Where they've got the, see, I still have the first class costumes, the yellow they're and awesome. blue. Yeah, they're great. sick. And then for most of this movie, when there's action, they're wearing generic, uh, you know. They're like, wow, flight suits. Oh, it was cool to see Angel. You know, not a great portrayal, but it was cool to see Angel. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like to see those feather wings. I don't know. I thought that was cool. And then the metal wings, which, you know, Apocalypse does give him. Yeah, he like he watched Donnie Darko a few times and grew a pair of wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pretty cool seeing the wing scene as well with the shit coming out of his back. That transformation. I was into that shit. Yeah, I guess. I do like the character of Archangel, so <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think overall, like, it's a mess of a movie and I was like shaking my head at so much of it. But mm. when I wasn't, I was really enjoying myself. And yeah. again, like, you know, these are, these are just great popcorn movies. Yeah. Just watch them on a couch and... 
Benjamin. I still think Days of Future Past, as messy as it is, is such a great standalone movie. Yeah, I need to, I need to watch it again. I really hated all the future stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, it was a bit weird because, I mean, fuck. I mean, we've gone into it, but no, nah, this franchise does not make sense. I mean, at the end of the Wolverine, he's had all of his adamantium taken out of him by the Silver Samurai. So Wolverine's bones. But then again, then he gets sent back to the past. And in the past, in this scenario, he hasn't had the adamantium yet because it's the 70s. Yeah. So he's still bones. But now we found out in this film, Apocalypse, he has had the adamantium well, because put Stryker on. fishes him out of the river at the end of Days of Future Past. That's right. Okay, that's right. So now he's got the adamantium. He's been in there for 10 years, being brainwashed, being whatever. Weaponxified. Weaponxified. But in Wolverine Origins, that horrible film, he has already had that done to him, but in the 50s or 40s. Yeah. So it's such a weirdly problematic timeline, which, you know... I think everyone just wants to pretend that that movie doesn't exist. Oh, totally. Wolverine Origins. Like, Deadpool clearly does. Yeah. And, uh, Hugh hate you know Hugh doesn't talk about it. No, he, well, when he does, he says it wasn't great. We were, we were down at the pub when we were hanging out with Hugh. Last yeah, weekend. we were down at the Hopeton watching you know Philadelphia Grand Jury yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman was boys. This next round's on me. For as long as you promise not to talk about Wolverine Origins on the podcast, right, Hugh, you know he wouldn't do that, mate. Uh, yeah. So I mean, look overall, I think. If you are not a fan of these movies, this one will not convert you. I feel like there's more that happened, but I'm like, no, there actually wasn't. There's like, a bunch of shit that happened. But, there's a, but, yeah. Was it just me? Did Apocalypse literally just walk around and touch people? Yeah. I mean, he gave Magneto the power to make things float around in the air for an entire fucking movie. That was so boring. I mean, it looked cool the first time when Auschwitz got destroyed, but, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about like the power of him destroying Auschwitz. <laughs> I don't know if that was as powerful as, as they thought it would be. I'm just kind of like, are they really doing this? You know, I think Brian Singer's Jewish. I think it was a big moment for him. Yeah, sure. It was his 9-11. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, it was a mess of a movie, but when I feel like everything's tainted by BVS. And, and I just compare it. Like, like I, I, oh, far more enjoyable. I, I think film. I loved... Loved Civil War as if it was the greatest cinematic masterpiece because of BVS. And this one, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. It's a bad movie, but it's fine. Yeah, I just think... Brian, like, It's weird that Brian Singer made this one. Because the, the other X movies that he's put out were just, I think, of a different caliber. Yeah. But, I, you know, I still think there's a bit of fun with the 80s stuff. Things that make it a bit different. Like I do one thing. Oh, that yeah, I do, that was the worst thing. They didn't really have that much fun with, so the, with 80s. the 60s. They did in the 70s. They did, but I found with this one, it was more just like, look at those earrings. That's funny. Yeah, it wasn't really. It could have been set any time between. Well, like look at these haircuts, kind of sometimes. Kind of, but then you know, like Nightcrawl looked like he was in 2006 as well. No, he didn't. No, that cool fringe. That was so 80s. Was it? Yeah. What about like Panic at the Disco and shit? Yeah, they're they're they're, they're calling back to the 80s. Well, that's what I mean. It could it could have yeah, yeah, sure. looked like a callback. Because uh, the 80s are forever, man. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, they they certainly are. I found just I I, I do like the period pay- setting of these films. Yeah, definitely. Same reason why I like Captain America: First Avenger, stuff yeah. like that. I kind of just wish they would always just make, just just set it all in the 80s. I don't know. Do do, it'd be, do it'd a be, trilogy just set in the same era. I don't need to jump in in time all the time. Yeah, because I mean the aging just doesn't add up. I mean, I, I one thing I like too. Uh, Professor X looked badass by the end of it with his uh, chrome dome. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. That when he, I I would have loved. If um, when they're doing the transfer and he loses all his hair 
and then he escapes. Nightcrawl Night snatches him away, and then you cut to Apocalypse, and Apocalypse has, has his, long hair, has his hair, like, identical haircut. <laughs> That'd actually be great. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what happened to Apocalypse at the end. Um, he disappeared. He, he, he dis- disintegrated because of the oh, that's right. combined powers of everybody. They all got, they all teamed up. Oh, didn't they? Gene becoming the Phoenix at the end was just. Boring. That's what I would say. And you know Jean what? Jean sucked, man. I really didn't like her. You know that Brian Singer only did that because he ended, remember she dies at the end of X-Men 2. Mm. And then you see that shot of the water and there's like a phoenix in it and stuff. And you know that he really wanted to do the phoenix saga for three. Like he's even said, oh, number three and four were going to be the dark phoenix saga. And he never got to do that because of how fucked up Last Stand was and Origins. So I think this was him just being like, haha, you know what? I'm going to do it right now. Fuck you all before yeah. this ever leaves my grasp again. Which I was like, uh, yeah, I can see why you're doing it, but also, come on. Actually, I'll admit this here. Uh, I don't understand why the Phoenix Saga is so well well regarded. Yeah, I think it's just a product of its time. I think yeah. people who grew up reading it then were like, man, this shit's crazy. Who was it? Chris Claremont. Chris yeah. Claremont wrote it. I just think people really like seeing a character go bad. But it constantly gets like given like one of the best comics of all time whenever people do. Maybe because it's like a status quo change. It could have been like a first of first for comics. I feel like, it, like if you were reading that month to month, I feel like maybe that was a very, very yeah. fun ride. But... And it still got called back to, I mean, you know, the Phoenix. What is it? A Phoenix? What is it? Like it, it possessed Scott Wright or something? Oh, yeah. The, the Phoenix Force is always prevalent in um, Marvel. In, in Marvel. I'm, not, I'm not saying like, like the themes that, that it brings up is, are still great, but like as a story... Especially from a from a like dialogue point of view, I I, I can't. I find I've never really almost, loved the character. I find of, it almost unreadable of Jean as well. No, I've, I've like always found story. her like a fucking sook. Well, she's just like <laughs> too similar to Professor X, but not as well written or as not a not 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 as great as character. Because they're just like yeah, because she's always like oh she's on edge, she might break. Yeah, like, but yeah. then she's not because she's just like so well behaved and nice. Yeah, yeah. I've just always found her a strange kind of unappealing character, and that's not to, that's not saying the females in X-Men are weak because some of the fe- uh, female X-Men are some of the great- greatest. Like Storm is always great. I fucking, fucking love greatest. Storm. Actually, you know, I just recorded with Siobhan on Serious Issues um, and this will tell you what I think of the X-Men universe at the moment. Ooh. We recorded uh, an episode because Siobhan has just started a ladies comic book reading group for Kings. Very cool. Um, which is super awesome because, it, you know, it's pretty hard finding other girls that read comics when you're when you're just getting into comics and, and finding someone, a group to discuss them with is really important. A safe space. Um, so... Yeah, we, 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 to celebrate her starting that group up, it's called Queens of Kings. Um, we thought we would talk about all of our favorite female superhero comics that Marvel are putting out at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we didn't put one X-Men title in there. Wow. Um, and, I mean, that says right. a lot about how Marvel think of X-Men, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a weird time at the moment because, yeah, you don't know if the conspiracy is, is actually true of them. I mean... Not wanting to do anything with the X-Men characters because of Fox still owning the rights. Or, or Fantastic Four and, hey, look which two books are... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, there's still a, a bunch of X titles, but yeah, Fantastic Four are, are split up and most of them are nowhere to be found. So, Do you foresee Fox letting go X-Men? No way. Do you see, foresee Fox building a bridge with Marvel a la Sony? I don't know. I mean, like, if, does fan pressure really affect things that much? I feel like people will be pretty angry after this movie just because, they, they, like, you know... If, I if think you... fatigue can kick in and you and I said, like, you do pick one console sometimes unless you're a freak or you pick one streaming service unless you're a freak so we're not great examples but the general movie going audience the people with the money who you know don't get invited to go watch these things and have early twitter reviews but people who do keep these things afloat can get fatigued yeah 
Well, this has done. This is this is probably going to fare the worst out of all the superhero movies this year. You think so? Yeah, like it more it, so than it, BBS. It, yeah, definitely. As far as like making money from a budget, I don't know. I think we make more than BBS. Well, I mean, it, BBS is just shy of nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's pretty going to be tough. I don't. I don't know if an XO movie's ever made that much before. No, so, I think Days of Future Past was probably the most successful one. I think yeah, it, no, it was. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, De- Deadpool did. Um, so power to that. But yeah, I, th- I think it had a pretty quiet opening yeah, weekend. Okay. Um, you know, it, it deserves to do better than Batman v Superman. It's a better movie for sure. But um, yeah, it'd be, it, it'll, I wonder if, if, if Fox will actually kind of go, you know what, like it is time to join forces with Marvel. And that. But then I'm like, oh my God, what would Marvel do to balance all of, all of those characters as well? Well, how do you just introduce mutants into the Marvel universe now? When- would, you, would you have to do it from scratch or do you reckon they would try and use the established characters? You'd have to do it from scratch. Dad um, want a clean slate. You know, it's like they could have brought Andrew Garfield into Spider-Man, Civil War. Yeah, I'm so glad they didn't. But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. they've got to do that clean. They've got to do it too much. I mean, we all know Hughes on the way out. His last Wolverine appearance is going to be uh, Wolverine 3, mm-hmm. which has been given an R rating. Because yeah. Deadpool success. So and I know it's, it's apparently going to be Old Man Logan, but yeah. without any of the Marvel characters, so. without any of those iconic uh, went, shots of a big, uh, you know, corpse of giant man. Yeah, or... my favorite bit, Pim Falls. Why yeah, is it Pim called Pim Falls? Yeah. So good, so great. My favorite, so that's unfor- my favorite movement of that whole comic. <laughs> so unfortunately, we'll have none of those scenes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but you know. yeah, I mean, if they, jo- I, I'd love them to join forces. You know, recast Wolverine, sure. Yeah, and, and and make Deadpool part of the X team, or like you know, have him be in in the movie. Like, have imagine he, imagine Quicksilver being in the next Deadpool movie. Incredible! That would be that amazing. has to happen. That, I hope that's happening. That would be just the that most, has that to happen. Very very fun. You listen to this, guys. Fox. He belongs in that. In like, he's he's the fun character of, of the X Men movies. Yeah. I kind of feel like they could do a Quicksilver standalone movie off the back of this. People love the shit out of Quicksilver. I, although I was so fucking frustrated that he didn't tell. Magneto that he Yeah, was I was like, son. what are you doing? He's right behind you. Not only once. Also, the world twice. is going to fucking end. Who gives a shit if the if your dad knows that you're his son or not? Just fucking tell him. It He's might like, it might save the world. I want to protect my family. Is that no, I'll tell him some other time. It's like, when are you gonna see him again? Oh, I know. In ten years, when him and Charles just wait another ten years, you're as bad as those two. Yeah. Um the the worst thing about these XM movies, or not the worst thing, I just feel like you know, I'm a bit over it. The fatigue part for me comes from they're all about some massive world-ending event. Yeah. I mean, I, they're kind of like the 60s with the Cuban mus- Missile Crisis because that missile crisis because that actually played with like a super historical event and it was kind of cool. I liked that they were like, oh shit, this is us actually playing with a real-world event. Yeah. That was kind of cool. But then ever since then, it has been a, oh no, you know. Oh, actually, no, was it, was it slightly smaller stakes in Days of Future Past? No, it was actually like mutants were going to end forever, right? No, it's, it's pretty sw- no, it was small stakes. It was to stop the Sentinels from being invented. It was the Sentinels were getting yeah shown in... I mean, if you want end of the world, it's true the opening scene was the end of the world. Yes. So, but yeah. the rest of the stakes, when it was in Washington, it was just kind of, you know, there was a demonstration there, wasn't there, with uh, the Sentinels and then yeah, there was yeah, a yeah, stadium. Like yeah. it was lower stakes. This one was you know, lived up to the subtitle of the film. It was apocalyptic. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Look, I think it was fine. I don't need to watch it again unless I catch some of it. And I'll definitely go, oh, I'll watch that Quicksilver scene again. I'll watch the Wolverine Berserker Rage scene again. Yeah. I've seen X3 twice. I've seen the last the last stand twice. Yeah, I did too. I didn't mind it the second time round because I knew it was already going to be bad. Yeah. So, I don't know. I find 
Like these movies, as bad as they are, they're still pretty watchable the whole way through. Mm. Whereas, no, like, true. I've got no—I don't think I could sit through Batman v Superman again. And they're kind of like the old guard; like they're the guys that made these ones responsible. Like, responsible no, but I mean, I, I feel like these these newer ones are the same. I feel like I could just sit down. Like, for all my oh no, I mean the X Men franchise in oh, general. Yeah, sure, so yeah, you yeah. kind of—it's like I treat the X Men franchise almost like I do the Bond franchise. Yeah, well, I was saying like even like something like Hunger Games doesn't it doesn't feel like like oh, it seems to me like me. Hunger Games is still like such a new franchise whereas bond it's just like i know what i'm gonna get when i watch one of these yeah you're gonna get a cool wolverine scene you're gonna get you know you're gonna get it this you're gonna get that you're gonna get this set piece yeah sexy lady with a funny name yeah no i'm into that i think it's yeah i'm gonna stick to that i find it very bond like like besides skyfall which was you know huge huge hit because it was basically wasn't a bond movie uh bond's generally the same yeah each film and that's why people like going to it and that's why i like going to watch a bond movie cool um, do you like going to an Indiana Jones movie? I love going to an Indiana Jones movie, but I also like- sometimes like going, you know what? I want to stay in today and I want to be in charge, but I have no idea how to direct. I have no idea how to write and I definitely don't have any idea how to produce. Well, I wish there was some way I could control. Let me tell you about a game that we've both played. Every single game in the series of Uncharted 4, which just broke a record today. I think a highest selling PlayStation 4 game. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Which is well done. People still buy games. Usually the Uncharted games are like a slow burn. They don't do massive opening weekends. It was like 2.4 million in a couple of days or something. That's great. 10 days or something wacky like that. Yeah. Uh, Cool. So uh, we've both finished this game. We finished it uh, two weeks ago and uh, we've spoken about it. Uh, yeah. on, on a few on a few podcasts. So we finished far. it just before last week's, and we kind of ran out of time because we wanted to chat to you about it. Um, what were your thoughts as a whole? I've got to say, it was probably. I'm not sure if this is just because it was kind of yeah. Spoilers, guys. By the way, uh, because this was playing with the whole the end of an era, like the last Nathan Drake game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that I was played it with that in mind. I just found it to be a lot more mature than the other games, which I thought was nice. It kind of did the same thing, which I I had similar feelings to it as I did with Han Solo's portrayal in The Force Awakens. It was kind of like an older version of a character we love for the final time and kind of did what he did best, but it was toned down a bit and there was a bit more of a looking back on the past as opposed to, oh, I'm gung-ho, I'm here, I'm fighting the Empire. It was more like... Uh, I'm one of the older generation now and I never thought I'd do this again. And I really liked that. I thought it was done super well. Obviously, not as much time has passed. But I I just found I really liked the character of Nathan Drake more than I thought I did. Definitely. I thought he was like a cool character and fun and definitely not a prick. But uh, You spend a lot of the other games kind of going like, fuck you, Drake. You're like putting... You're you're putting your entire life and everyone in in danger. Yeah, like you're reckless. Just to get like a cool... Bitter booty treasure. Yeah, and you're like, oh, he's not that deeper character. You know, this is... And then we played Lost. I found that, like, what what I liked most about this Uncharted game was because it came after Last of Us, a lot of, I found, character and story elements that really worked in that game and slow building stuff, like being able to walk through a character's house and go into rooms and look at their belongings, like, adds so much to a character. And the fact that was our first introduction of Drake, basically, in this game. Him in his living room... Him and his brother, family, like small, small story compared to the others. I really liked that. I thought it was really great. And, you know, the stuff as a child, finding out about your mother and stuff. Yeah. And very that, cool. And that, that, um, sneaking into that, um, yeah. that that lady's house and going through all the old stuff and then learning her story, finding learning all the story. notes from her um, Things you don't have to do, but things you want to do because you're like, this is awesome. And then... That was thrilling though. There was, you know, there was no sense of danger in those. It was a long exploratory scene. I think that you, you were meant to play like 
generally people have been clocking in 13 to 15 hour playthroughs of this. Yeah. I checked, I played it for almost 18 hours in my first playthrough. Yeah, so I'll have to see what I I was do. definitely really enjoying those moments. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes they can give it to you in ham-fisted dialogue or cinematics. But in this way, they gave you, like you said then, there was no danger element. So it was like discovery, like you walking around, picking up things, reading them. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was like a really nice celebration of Nathan Drake and really solidified him as like a character I really like in video games. Definitely. Whereas before I didn't really think of him as that great. Like now to me, I'd be like, get him not only in PlayStation All-Stars, but get him on fucking Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy's iconic. Definitely. He's such a great character. No, I agree with you on that Portrayal sure. was amazing by Nolan North. Like so voice acting in this was best video the best game acting of, I've yeah. seen. Like better acting in this movie than every movie we've seen this year in cinemas, I'm gonna say. Wow, you reckon? I think like every big comic movie we've seen. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was like very, so new ones, action set pieces were incredible. Yep. I mean, oh yeah, it was great. It just and I liked and I liked the fact there wasn't a big supernatural twist in this. Yeah, I agree with you. Not that I, mean, I it was still like pretty crazy and far out. With all it was the, cool, all the and I liked that it was pirate and stuff. And, yeah, but I did like the fact there wasn't like even though the other ones were explained with you know biological or scientific reasons, I did love the fact that this was not about that. Definitely. Yeah. What I what loved, the, I, I mean, I, I was very fulfilled by the end. Um, I thought the people have been saying that the last third of the game drags. I disagree. I think it's like I'm going to split it up into a really very annoying uh, fraction. The fourth fifth of the game. Which part was that? So basically, like you get to the final destination, like the final, like you're talking about it, the driving around with Elena. Uh, yeah, and getting get basically like they really drag out those scenes to the point where like I found myself so enthralled by, by the story, yeah, that whenever I had to actually do some gaming in it, especially just like the jumping from rock to rock and that yeah. kind of stuff, like I generally love that because it does look beautiful. But yeah, there were moments in that where like you know like, oh shit, it's another fucking camp of like twenty dudes that I have to either stealth or, or you know like or, or kill every single one of. I found myself just going like, oh, I don't want to do this. I just sure. want to see the story continue. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's that's probably a great compliment too because the gameplay is not shoddy at all. It's not like a... No, not at this. all. But it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, you do like the, the story and the characters so much. I love the story. And the, and the other two games, like especially two and three, I mean, one is an entirely different beast. It was Yeah, like, one's just kind of like, hey, how pretty can we make a rainforest look on this new PS3 hardware? Totally. And... How much do you like getting boosted? Yeah. You're going to get both. Um, but And there were a lot of game mechanics in this that they introduced that I was just like, no, like finding a crate to get over things. Oh, uh, that, that's been in some of them before, I'm sure. Uh, it I've was in Last before. of Us. Ah, that's where I remember yeah, it yeah. from. And, okay. uh, I, I just found like every time I knew there was a crate coming up, I was so bummed out. Yeah. Um, I, I really loved the... Um, the pick that you stick in the wall. Oh, I love that. Did we get that, that little, in three? No, that's a brand new. So that's thing. brand new. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like and, that. And they borrowed that from in Tomb Raider. I think they do something. That's similar. where I played it, Tomb Raider. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was that added a really good element of like actual skill to some of the jumping parts. Yeah, same here, where you had to actually not just kind of move the de- uh, the, the control stick and hit the jump button, but it was kind of up to you. But yeah, I mean, like there are a lot of things that are repeated to the point where the characters in the game actually make jokes about them being repeated. Yeah. Like, oh, we're doing this again? <laughs> or like, you know, I feel like all of these doors are locked or like, just like, just like a door. And it's like, man, if, if like, you're making that, if you're making jokes, like, yeah, obviously the audience, the player is feeling that too. Yeah. Like, it kind of like, doesn't excuse it. Yeah. It's just like, don't dumb down a puzzle if you just want to get the story across. Totally. But I never once thought that it dragged. I think I told this to you before. I was just like, I was enamored to be playing with these characters. And yeah, lo- sure. Being with them, and I was, was like, the story, don, the story don, don, never don, dragged. Yeah, just some of the gameplay for me. Um, I like the villain. I thought it was against what I found about this was like smaller stakes, like 
fuck me, I love that boss. The end battle with him, the sword fight. That was because that they've always struggled with having a boss fight that you, too powerful. You used sometimes. To, exactly like the the, the two one is just. It, it feels like a boss from another game. The two ones fucked. It's um, like that's when you're in the jungle, isn't it? Like the kind of Indian yeah. area thing. It's just like and shooting out the, crazy. The shit. third one is better. What you, yeah, you have to like basically take him out with grenade launches. Before, yeah, and throw like he, he just it's like a Metal Gear Solid Five boss. It's yeah, like fighting it's like overpowered a metal gear. and crazy. And, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really two work. IP. But then the third one was um, uh, I don't even remember what the first the first boss was, but the the, uh, the the third game, the end battle, your a guy with, just has a knife. Yeah, that's right. And you're on top of a rock, and you just have to kind of overpower him and get the knife of him and throw him off the edge. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of good, but it felt like you were just kind of just following the button mashing scheme. And yeah. You get a little bit of that with this sword fight, but I don't know. I felt it felt really good. It yeah, was, I thought it was great, and it was so epic as well. And like, I actually allowed myself to die a few times. Yeah, it was like see. a truly cinematic. It was fucking crazy when he killed you. Yeah. Did you just see the bit where you like. Put, like swing, swings the sword up and just stabs you oh, through yeah. the heart, no, I've and seen then that. like him like laughing maniacally. And you see, like was... that's one thing about this game, like the ragdoll physics when you die is oh, just so entertaining. It's so good. And like if you thought ragdoll physics were funny, like when you were walking, yeah, it's so much funnier when like there's three of you in a car and you drive it off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, in the middle of a conversation. It's just funny stuff. But look, I, I liked it. I'm I'm glad that Naughty Dog got to see this through to the end. Uh, they've finished it. They've said that's the last time they'll make an Uncharted. That but Uncharted's being made by other people and not out of the question. Yeah, uh, um, which I think is exciting. And they definitely set up like potential other storylines with new characters. Yeah, and just you know the Drake lineage continues. So to um, speak. and we are getting DLC, which is awesome. And when do you think that's going to be set? Well, I think it, I don't know. I'm hoping that you find out what what is the girl from uh, who who ends up escaping the pirate ship. Oh um, uh, yeah, the one who was in charge of the army. I hope it. I hope we find out what happens to her. Yeah, I, I sure. would. I would love to play as her because she's easily as capable as Drake. Yeah. Um. I kind but of. She's hope a baddie. That, I don't want to play as a baddie. I, I could, but she's not like they kind of play her off like maybe she's not that bad. I still think she's a baddie. Yeah, she's still a baddie. She definitely sends many, many people to kill you. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> I, I, I think audience sentiment would make that weird. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing as. I mean, how spoilery do do you want to get? We're getting very spoilery as the. Um, the daughter. Oh shit! Yeah, right. That's Little daughter, daughter Drake. Yeah, Drake and Elena's daughter. Um, oh, actually, no. I wouldn't mind playing as Drizzy Drake. <laughs> oh, true. In Toronto, climbing up that CN Tower. Um, I thought the strongest beat of the whole story was when um, the brother, when it, when they're finally getting off the island with Sully, mm. and then um, the brother run like they, 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 they he Drake convinces the, his brother that it's time to. Give up. Like, who cares about this fucking treasure? We have each other. We've got to escape with our lives while we still can. And I th- I was like, oh my God, if this is where the game ends, I'll actually be so happy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously they're not going to do that. You have to have like that. Big, it was a very mature move fight. on Drake's behalf. I think where I, I was like, shit, I care about these characters was the, uh-oh, busted scene when, you know, you've just played that amazing oh, set piece, which we saw in that 15-minute original gameplay where you're, you know, you, you're in the church and the, uh, you, you run down and you're in the car and then you're hanging from a rope and then you're on a motorbike, then the back of it. Like, it's, Did you get the trophy for shooting enough people while hanging from the rope? No, I don't no, think I did. I, I did. I didn't get it. I saw that it was it existed. I was like, I hate. I got off that rope as soon as I could. I hated it. Oh yeah, I, cl- <laughs> I climbed back up uh, on top of the back of the car because yeah. I was getting shot at like a motherfucker. Yeah. And yeah, I needed the ammo from the from the Ute. But you know, and after that, and then you're just like, yeah, this is so cool. This is such an action movie. And then you walk into your um hotel room, like basically jizzing all everywhere for all the mad treasure you're about to find, and you get busted. And Land is there. it's just heartbreaking. And you're like, oh. 
that's really sad. And you're like, oh, that wasn't that cool. I lied to her for the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That was every time he called her, you just felt so shit for Yeah. Her. And it was awesome. Like, it was great to have a character that flawed as your lead character. Like, again, that reminded me of the whole Han Solo yeah. type I, I of think, arc. Type. I think I lost a lot of people, a lot of critique, criticisms I've heard of the game is that Alana just shows up and forgives him. Um, and I he, think love is strong between the two. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't think that he deserves that. And I think a lot of people wanted to see this to be literally his end. Like Drake dies oh. in pursuit of treasure or Drake loses someone of great significance that makes him realize what a fuck up he's been pursuing this life and how selfish it is. Yeah, wrong game for that, I think. I think so too. I, I much prefer the, you know, just being it happy, is everyone it's, lives, ending. It's the matinee and movie. And make a kid. Hooray. It's, it's, it's the, it's the 2pm action adventure you catch on a Saturday afternoon at the cinema. You yeah, know, agreed. it's like a totally roller king. Like, it's the wrong game for that. Like, save that for Last of Us, which they do, like, the far heavier ending. Yeah. Far heavier ending, far heavier stakes, sorry. Different franchise. Um, I mean, what I'm also excited besides the DLC... Also interesting, we don't speak about multiplayer because you and I don't do that. No, I've not. I've not. Go, I've not done that once. I had to go once. It was fine. We had to go. Um, I had to go when I was in in Paris. That's right. I had to go and it was fine. Like I never have to play. It. That's not why I play Uncharted. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad, but I'm not critiquing, critiquing that. I was just not why, why I play yeah. Uncharted games. Um, I'm super excited for what this means for Last of Us too. I was kind of hoping they just do something completely different, or they bring Crash back. <laughs> that was another. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who owns Crash now since it was Universal. Well, maybe Jack and Dexter. I would. Re- I played another Jack and Dexter game. I well, loved, I love Ratchet and Clank that much. I mean, I want to see. It's been pretty much confirmed. We've got Last of Us Two, isn't it? More or less. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's their that that that's their next biggest franchise after uncharted. I would love to see them do something completely different. Yeah, I I think they will as well. That's one of the reasons why they let go of this. Yeah. So yeah, uncharted 4 just a, a great a great finale to yeah, the series. Yeah, probably the best game I played in the last 6 months or so. It's probably not my favorite uncharted game that probably still goes to either 2 or 3. Um mm. just because I think it, it it's a length thing. It really, I I felt so, I, I smashed Uncharted 3 in like two, three nights mm-hmm. and I just felt so cool after it. And I, that I was so, I went, every time I went to bed at, you know, 4am after a yeah. long session of, and not quite finishing it, um, or like, you know, getting six chapters deep or whatever, I, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened in the game. And I feel like this game is definitely missing the massive really memorable set pieces i don't know I, I i find that i love all the pirate cave shit it was so much love fun. the pirate it was, ba- it was exploding like dudes it's basically the goonies yeah absolutely i love Hell that yeah, this man. was like this was uncharted the goonies but I, I think the set pieces were totally there mm, but there's nothing quite as special as like the 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 desert scene or the um train. The, the the train scene because also we didn't see stuff like that in games before so well done so totally. cinematic and now it's kind of in a lot of other games, You're right? I feel like I feel like they knew that everyone was expecting that, so trying to you know, they, they, you still get. I find them. the marketplace still amazing, and just that transition from the top of town, walking around a market, going you know, on the back of a motorbike, shooting a tank with an Uzi. Yeah, like that to me was such. That to me is the set piece, but maybe it doesn't stick out as much because it was so frantic and such an advance from the other ones that it seemed. The other ones were almost too primitive. Like the train thing is such a. I mean, in reality, it's nothing crazy. You. you you are basically climbing up a train, and that's the scene. Yeah, and totally. you do get that again anyway when you're in that that awesome scene where you've got the the uh, the winch and you hang off the mountain. You've got to drive. Oh, up. No, I love that. That, that was, was that sick. Was excellent. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I thought those. Set so that pieces- was yeah. Well, as soon as I like the, I've gone back to play some of my favorite parts, and that was my that was easily my favorite. Favorite that was an awesome scene. Like when you open up in Madagascar and, and then just driving around the open. It's like the closest thing to an open world game that Naughty Dog have done. Totally. 
With and they hinted to where you've got yep. to go, but in really nice ways, like by just showing like mud on the ground, not yeah. like flashing yellow and arrows. You know, and you know, did you knock over all the cans, all the stacks of, all the piles of rocks? Oh, I knocked off some. I didn't knock them all off. You, I've knocked off all but one. I can't find the last, like this one last one that I missed. What do you get a dang trophy? Oh, it just says it's in the in the statistics. It's like a number of cans knocked over. Oh, that's amazing. Fifteen of sixteen or whatever. Yeah, I've got. I'm gonna try and get that that sixteenth can, guys. Um, but yeah, I, love, I thought that was that. That's that's the the highlight. I can't wait to play through. Yeah. Again. Yeah, absolutely. Like was, I'm looking forward really, to doing really it, and I know I will. Will you do it on crushing? Yeah, that was one of the. I finished the game because I played it as whatever the, the regular, which is regular, fine. which is fine. It's, I, and offers I, a proper challenge in lots of parts. Yeah, too. I want to go up one or two and just kind of see how that is, see what the differences is. Oh man, uh, speaking of a slight challenge, I actually really loved the puzzles in this so far. In, in this oh game yeah, too. Sorry, I really so liked the the pirate um, portrait one where you yeah, had to kind was, of that was so much fun. Figure out that, and then actually, I found this was one of the first times you really had to use your notebook a few times to go back to. Yeah, well, I was taking photos of it. On, my, on my phone and then looking at that and then matching it up and yeah I, I really enjoyed the puzzles in this yeah, game yeah I thought that was fun like it wasn't too challenging but when you finished or oh, the, the great one in the bell tower with spelling the word and having yeah. to do that stuff like I thought they were cool definitely I mean and like the prison set piece like all that stuff was great like, oh, actually was, the, the bell tower was great wasn't yeah, it yeah I, I, I found it had quite a few awesome bits and you know, even Scotland looked great like we've never seen yeah, a landscape so like that definitely uh, before like you know the yeah. Shit. Uh, See, when I, when I finished Uncharted three, I was talking about it afterwards, and there were moments in that where I was like, maybe I didn't love it as much as I thought I did. Like all the bits where you're running away from bugs and shit like that. That was stupid. Oh yeah, the bugs. I forgot um, about that. And I really hated the um, you were just hallucinating kind of reveal. But now the more I'm talking about Uncharted four, I'm like, man, I loved that game. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. 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 I loved like when this. you uh, after get the boat with Sam and you go to the island originally. There's like that big kind of monkey temple thing and. You, I don't know, just the set piece in the jungle. Like, I was like, this reminds me of Uncharted 1 right now. And the light filters through the green are beautiful. And just, yeah, yeah I mean, look, we haven't mentioned it because it's the obvious. It's the greatest looking game. Easily. The greatest looking game. It's beautiful. And the greatest Monkey Island reference in a game that I've ever played. Greatest Monkey Island in a long Recurring time. Recurring, too. You, you see Guybrush's face pop up a few times a few times, the game. All throughout uh, Liberteria. <laughs> and it's real. I mean, you can look it up. It's, uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a place that, that exists. That, Liberteria? That, yeah, the uh, two and who is the main pirate in the game? Oh, it's in, it's a real wait. The was it is, is it being a legend that's been spoken about? Oh, of like, course. Sorry, I, th- I thought you were talking about Monkey. Island. It's what I had. No, 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 not Monkey. Island. It's <laughs> what I had. Yeah, uh, Monkey Island is a real place. <laughs> sit, sit on my lap and I'll tell you. And grab your cursor there, and we'll point and click our way <laughs> to some witty Lucas Arts dialogue. Um, I wish they would, I wish you could do uh, insult sword fighting in Uncharted Four. That would be great. I wish Monkey Island was back. <laughs> um, well, so that was uh, that was Uncharted Four, and that was the most recent episode of Hey Fam. What did yeah. you think, guys? Did you love it? Of course, you loved it. Send us an email. Uh, Tell we, us we, how much. we got sent some more questions off the back of our Q and A episode last week, um, which we will answer in the future. Thanks yeah. so much to our good friend Uncle Rampage for hitting us up again. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Uncle. He's our new uh, our new biggest fan. Yeah, because the guy that sent us thirty questions has gone AWOL. Yeah, do you think he just kind of depleted? He was like, this is the highlight of my life. They answered 30 of my questions. I'm going to delete my social media He's going to come with 30 more. (laughs) Um, Joshua Guskett, are you well? Let us know, please. Please. Um, Everyone's worried about you. If you you, uh, have have some questions or you would just like to let us know that you two are well, uh, you can do so by hitting us up. Heyfampodcast at gmail.com. We do mean you two, the band. And if you're listening, Edge, Bono, Adam, and the other one, uh, (laughs) we would love for you to just go, yes. We are fine. 
And um, Bono and Adam, I know you guys have already liked it, but The Edge, if you could head to facebook.com slash heyfampodcast and like that page, send us a comment, send us a little message on there too. We'd love to hear from everyone who listens. And, and uh, look, apologies to the other one. You may have left a review. I know we keep chasing up, but can you just say drummer from you too? In yeah, your, please. Uh, by, like, it's going to save all of us like a bit of embarrassment. Yeah, if you were the drummer from you too, please head to iTunes, <laughs> leave us a five-star review. Okay, it's me, got hey your fam. message. Just like, and just let us know maybe what your favorite um, time signature is to play on a, on a U2 song. What it was like doing the Mission Impossible theme with The Edge. And um, yeah, if, if you love it when uh, Bono plays I think the acoustic that's not version even true. of Everlasting Love I think he, someone no else drums. from U2 did the Mission Impossible theme. It was the other two. Let's both just say different things at the same time more often. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's why we're white dogs. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening to Hey Fam. You can find Jimmy Chengus, that's Angus, online as yeah. Jimmy Chengus. And you can find Levens as Lev Dog with a D-A-W-G because that's just the way he rolls. Oh, oh, oh wow. Lev White Dog. Real real Baja Man hours here. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week, maybe with a guest, maybe, maybe without. Maybe with a guest, maybe not. But uh, there'll definitely be some uh, Anglo-Saxon fuckboy opinions and you're going to be listening to them. And uh, hopefully Angus will watch Preacher by then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll Thanks see you next remember. week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.